The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Jackie Fernandez. This is Rev. Jackie Fernandez, and it is a beautiful, almost spring day here in Kansas City. And I point that out because last week, our Unity Online radio shows on Tuesday were down because we were in the midst of a terrible polar vortex and the power was out at Unity Village, but we are back. And today I am so thrilled to have with me Dr. Rima Benario. Welcome to the show, Rima. Thank you, Jackie. I'm just so delighted to be with you and glad that you are thawing out over there. Yeah, we are too. Um, you know, I've got family there in Las Vegas, so you know, I was getting screenshots of their temperatures and sunshine <laughs> while we were, you know, we were like minus three, minus 10, like actual temperature feels like minus 26. So, wow. But yes, the sun is out today. The birds are singing and it, and it feels like, wow, spring is actually going to happen. That's so great. <laughs> so good to have you back on the show. You reached out to me to let me know some great news, some exciting news coming here on March 3rd in the year 2020. So if you're listening to the show in the future, it's okay because you're still going to have access to what we're talking about today. Uh, Rima, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you make the announcement. Oh, well, I am so super duper excited about this. My new book the Seven Queendoms, A Soul Map for Embodying Sacred Feminine Sovereignty is about to be launched. And uh, my publisher, Flower of Life Press, tells me that it will be available and ready for purchase on Amazon beginning on March the 3rd. So I'm super excited. I am excited for you and with you. That is so awesome. So for those of you, um, probably few of you who aren't familiar with Dr. Rima Benario, many of you I'm sure are. Um, she's been around in unity circles and new thought circles for, for a long time and is uh, well, very well respected and uh, beloved. But to share with those of you who may be new to her or those who just don't know all that she does, because there is so much, I would love to share with you her bio. She teaches on women's empowerment and embodiment practices. And and of course, now is doing online teaching as well as in-person women's circles. Rima leads sacred travel journeys to places like Egypt, France, and Hawaii. Wow. Let me sign up for one of those <laughs> to awaken and activate a deep connection to the divine feminine within. Rima's decades-long personal journey of discovering her feminine superpowers, embracing her self-sovereignty, and coming to deeply love and fully inhabit her body informs her work with her students. Her passion is helping women create and live a life they love by cutting through energetic clutter. Give me the scissors. Cutting through energetic clutter, dissolving emotional baggage and forming wildly fulfilling habits of attention. Rima holds a doctorate in transformation psychology and has studied with master teachers in body-based energy work, sacred sexuality, and tantra, and the sacred art of anointing. 
Rima is the creator of Bloom Fine Egyptian Oils and loves initiating women into the use of these high vibration oils and the ancient practice of self-anointing. She lives in Las Vegas, Nevada, sunny Las Vegas, Nevada with her family and enjoys the sunshine and desert mountains that surround her home. So we are so looking forward. We bless you. We bless the gift that you are to all of us as you get ready to launch this new project, The Seven Queendoms. Thank you for all of the work that you have done. What an extraordinary body of work that has brought you to where you are today. Oh, it's just been my complete and total honor. I, I feel like I was recruited for this mission from the goddess uh, ah. after after having a, um, a really sort of mind-blowing experience. You know, I don't know how many of the listeners out there have had these sort of strange psychic moments of feeling like, uh, we're in contact with something like from far beyond, but, uh, I had a beautiful, beautiful exchange with, with, uh, while I was in Egypt, in fact, and, um, was sort of given, given the, well, yes, I was basically told to just get out there and help women understand the truth of who they are. So that's what I'm attempting to do. That's good stuff. Very good stuff. So talk to me about the queen the queen archetype and, and, you know, you can start with like, how has it impacted you personally? What, what did you, how did you come to discover this archetype or, or should I say experience this archetype? Well, this is, um, it's just been an interesting road. So I was in my own personal development work and I've, I've been on that path for probably close to 25 years now and have done a variety of things, including becoming a master shadow work practitioner and uh, also teaching others how to facilitate shadow work and working, then coming to understand the importance of working with the body and developing body-based approaches and um, so what was happening for me was I was starting to get a little older and um, I had been in unity for a long time. And so most of my experience with the divine was really centered around this idea of source and source energy. And so it's, you know, there's just it, mostly it's principle, um, not a lot of personal interaction. Like I had a Catholic God when I grew up and that God sort of went away. And so um when I began doing this work in Egypt, I, I started working with these essential oils and all kinds of things started showing up, like really weird, strange things for me. Like I, I felt like I was getting connected in with ancient Egyptian mysticism. And in that process of sort of exploring that there's this divine feminine energy that I could connect to, I was noticing that... Um, that that I was researching all of that and understanding it very much in my mind, while my body, on the other hand, was going through this big change as I was approaching 50. And um, I was starting to um, just experience my body differently as a result of getting into perimenopause and then moving in towards menopause. And, and uh, um, I had done some research and found the what's called the triune goddess, this idea of these archetypes of maiden, mother, and crone. A lot of people will be familiar with that. It's become um, a lot more available in, in today's world. There's, uh, it really grew up out of an, an exciting time in the early 1900s, late 1800s, when um, we were looking backwards at ancient civilizations. And there was uh, uh, a couple of authors in particular that really 
found this model and popularized it. And so, so my daughter was getting older. I was sort of moving a little bit out of my mothering energy and that focus in my life. And I had friends that were, you know, going on and doing these croning ceremonies. And I thought, wait a minute, I am like nowhere near ready for that. That just doesn't fit for me at all. And so I started thinking about it like, well, I'm birthing a business. And so maybe I'm still mothering in some other way. But that still didn't quite get at it. So as I kept on researching, I I finally encountered this idea that there was a lost archetype and it was the archetype of queen. And that fits so perfectly for me because I'd been tracking in other areas of mystical work and mysticism studies that were sort of moving out of a time of threes and into a time of fours. And I won't get too deeply into that. But this here along comes a fourth archetype. Mm-hmm. And it's this energy of queen. And, and it's all about this idea that when, when, we're, when we're done with our production, and it, you don't have to be a physical mom to a physical child to be in a mothering energy. We can, like I said, nurture our projects and our creative endeavors. And it's not as though we ever stop doing that. You know, all of these archetypes are made into chrome, are available at any age. Right. But there, there are some that just seem to be a little more important at certain times in our life. And the queen archetype, which happens in that third quarter of life, if you're going to look at it linearly, is really about harvesting. It's really about the time where it's your turn. It's your time as a woman to take center stage, to be in the place of receiving. You know, the mothering energy is full of output. It's really actually a masculine act, which is an energy that flows outward. That's all that really means is that energy flows outward, whereas feminine energy is energy that you're receiving in or or pulling in. And so it's just a slight shift in being willing to receive, in understanding that our capacity to receive and to fill ourselves and to be well resourced like every queen is, Mm -hmm. is really what allows us to, to bless the world. And that's the point of the sovereign. The sovereign's job is to provide blessing unto the land and unto her people and unto herself and her life. And we can best do that when we're filled up rather than drained or in any way just um, depleted. I love it. Well, you just said a lot. (laughs) Um, You know, when when you first were talking about that, what it was like for you to experience um, moving from mother to crone, you know, I immediately thought it's like the teenager, right? There's this this place in between that is very different from what has been and what is to come. It's its own thing. And and that you name it queen, you know, tween and queen kind of rhyme. So I love this sort of callback of, you know, really identifying this this stage, but um, to really categorize it in a place that of empowerment like as you were talking about you know the sovereign and the queen is really um coming into that place of um being well resourced um i also was thinking you know the queens you know they make declarations they don't seek as as much it's more of i declare this is what i declare to be true in my land in my queendom you know and there's um such an empowerment in that. And I kind of, so I'm, I'm at that age, I'm 46. 
And, um, and it's really resonating with me as you, as you're talking about it. Um, my daughter, my firstborn will be 18 on Sunday. So I'm in this kind of, wow, what just happened 18 years in a blink of an eye. And, mm-hmm. um, and yet there's a four-year-old, you know, up and coming. So still, um, you know, still have that nurturing and that giving that pushing energy out as you're describing and, and really caretaking and, and providing for, for her needs in a different way than for the teenagers who are sort of, you know, getting ready to take that step out into the world on their own path. Um, what I'm loving and want to um, really lean into for just a few moments is that idea that it's, of course, not about what particular age you are and that you are no longer available to the mothering energy or the maiden energy. Um, just like when you're young, it's not that you aren't available to the crone energy. It's almost like it, it makes me think of like a fractal theory that the whole is always present in each part. It's the whole thing. So it's almost like our context because we do live in time and space. So at my age of 46, I am in this queen context and within that, I still have access to the energy of maiden, mother, crone. Um, does that is that kind Absolutely. of what you're saying? Absolutely, no, totally. Because that it's it, you know, time is a funny thing. We and and our human experience, we we actually believe that time is linear, and it we, you know everything in the mathematics world and quantum science world tells us that everything is just always happening all at the same time. And while it's hard for us to sort of envision that, if you've done any metaphysical studies and worked in your own manifesting practices and and sort of really dropped into the the deeper quantum field and and the energy of the divine, you know that things can happen instantly. And this yeah. is this is because everything is always present and available. So yes, a hundred percent. And it is also true that there are going to be times in our lives where we will have different focus, a different kind of focus, right? So that maiden energy is really all about being um, unburdened from responsibility, being in the space where we can completely be free to frolic in the woods and, you know, the kind of, if you can think, if you were fortunate enough to have uh, a childhood where you were free from responsibility, at least some of the time, and were allowed to just go play, you know, like that freedom Mm -hmm. that we had as children before we we learned about the the way the world works and, and our place in it. And then and so we can tap into that freedom, that, you know, that place of play anytime. And I would say that very often uh, we, we, need, we need more of that in our lives. And then there's the, the mothering energy is a lot more of that responsible place of you are responsible for another being. I mean, I can't really think of anything more intense than that Mm -hmm. kind of responsibility and it it does require that something else someone else and very often a number of things come before our thoughts of ourselves and we can take that so far that we actually lose ourselves in the process and many women end up at this third stage of life. And this can happen even when the kids are small, where you just feel completely uh, like, where did, where did I go? Where did the, the person I used to be end up? 
And so I feel that when I'm, you know, I do have some women that I work with who are young moms and raising very young children. And it's so refreshing for them to hear and to be reminded how important it is that they get the support in their lives so that they can have sacred time just for them. Mm -hmm. They're not doing anyone any favors if they lose themselves completely. We don't want to end up at the time of this, you know, in our late forties and moving into our fifties and be just like so burned out that there's, there's nothing more to give. And well, right. And there's so many women too, I think in that time you feel there's a sense of like, I've, I've lost myself or I'm losing myself. Or I'm, you know, I'm just a function of everyone else's life. Like I'm just mm-hmm. providing and there's actually nothing that's for me. And, um, so yeah, I love this opportunity to like sort of stop in that. Well, and actually the sovereign, you know, this idea of developing your inner sovereign is all about recognizing that, that, then actually the real responsibility we have is to ourselves. It's to sourcing ourselves. That's what it really means, in my opinion, to be a sorceress is that we, mm. <laughs> I love it. yeah, we are sourcing ourselves and, yes. and that we're taking responsibility for making sure that we have physical sovereignty, emotional sovereignty, sexual sovereignty, our mental sovereignty. We're also in our, um, you know, we've got, I, I don't know, I can't, I didn't go in order, so I messed myself up, but there are seven different so- forms of sovereignty that go along with these seven queendoms that, that support us in actually being able to consciously tend to these areas of our lives. Love it. I'm like, my head is spinning because there's just, I'm sort of having like this flashback of just my own life of really resonating and feeling into what you're saying. And I think that's what's so powerful about this work is that you can just pick a point on your own timeline and, and feel the presence of what kind of energy is working um, and how are we experiencing our own sovereignty? Like even when you're talking about the young child who has like this complete freedom and doesn't really have an, you know, has the innocence that is void of domestication or expectation of any kind of role in the world and, you know, society coming together and working as community, you're just a child with your own imagination and you're running free. That's a certain kind of sovereignty. Um, but then you start to learn that not everything bends to your will, <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. And so then it's easy to forget that. And so then sort of going through maiden, mother, and coming into queen, where you've got this experience of, of being, you know, of maturing and of giving and, and then understanding what it means to have sovereignty you know, that's backed by experience, life experience and, um, wisdom. Let me say that, Mm -hmm. um, it becomes Mm -hmm. a whole different kind, a whole different level. You know, um, I had this experience yesterday with my wife. We, we are looking for a house to buy and it's been kind of a frustrating experience so far because the inventory is low where we live and, um, the housing market, like people are offering, like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars over list to get a house, and um, so we were having this conversation yesterday 
of we we need to have more purchasing power. This is what we need um, based on where our interest lies, what kind of home we want, what kind of house we want, the vision we have. Um, this is what needs to happen. And so we just stayed in this flow. We are working our affirmations. We're working our vision. We're try, you know, we're speaking the words. The universe has our back and has a plan. We just don't see all of it yet. So, so what can we do to take ourselves into that seeing ourselves into that seeing? And um, so we started opening and making a plan of how we think we might get more purchasing power. And, and I said, okay, well, let's make a, a phone. Let's make an appointment to speak with our lender this week. And as soon as those words left my mouth, our lender called us. <laughs> she had, it. yes. And she said, I've got 15 minutes and, um, and I, you know, this, this, and this have happened and I want to get you more purchasing power. And she just went in, like, all we said to her was, we were just talking about you. And she literally found us $45,000 more dollars and, and then at the end of that, she was like, okay, well, you were just talking about me. What, what were your questions? What did you have for me? And it was like, well, that was it. <laughs> we were calling you to get more purchasing power, you know, and we were thinking more like 20 to 25, you know, and she are, called us with a plan for double that. Mm-hmm. That's yes. the sovereign, yes. right? That's the sovereign. That, that we were hundred percent the queen. Yes. yes. So we're the making queen. that declaration they're at the table together and the universe immediately responded. Absolutely. So I like to say the queen is entitled. (laughs) She gives herself her own title. She confers that upon herself, her own crown. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so we're not entitled like the child, like you said, you know, who has no um, understanding of the reciprocal nature of that, but to have that title means that all is available to her. And, um, and I, I, so I love this analogy of the queen bee. And mm-hmm. so the queen bee of a, of a hive actually starts out as a regular larva, like all the other larvae, but somehow she is selected by the other bees in the hive. She's going to be the one. And once they've chosen her, her only job is to eat at that point, to receive. So all the other worker bees go about doing what they do and they bring to her this sort of royal jelly, it's called. It's actually called that. And and she just, her job is to receive and to become as large as she can, to be as well-resourced as possible so that when her time comes to lay eggs and provide for the hive, she can do that at the highest possible level. And so, it's it's you know we we want to understand that sometimes we learn about the concept of giving and receiving right and mm-hmm. we we learn that to give is to receive because we understand the reciprocal nature of these things but in that order give and then receive you're more in a sort of masculine or mothering energy and outputting energy in the queen energy which is a more feminine because it starts with the receptive side, you're receiving and then you're giving. You're giving. You fill up the mm-hmm. stores first and then you multiply that and send that outward. And so, um, you know, it's kind of this energy of uh, we were, I, after having an experience with some of my girlfriends in a, in a circle, one of, one of my friends, Robin and I, we went to have a brunch and uh, we were taught, we were just all excited about the queen archetype. We were exploring this together several years ago and, and we were sitting at the um, brunch and we sat down and we were, we were in this deep conversation and we really didn't want anybody 
to, to interrupt this flow we were in. So we just, you know, kind of drew this energetic circle around ourselves so we wouldn't be disturbed. <laughs> and then we finished the conversation and we got ready to look at the, the um, menu. We figured out what we wanted and we thought, okay, we're ready now. And so we said, Robin said, you may approach just to the <laughs> air, you know, and out of nowhere, <laughs> the waiter appeared. <laughs> And, and it's like it's like that energy, like as the queen of you. Yes, you may approach. Mm -hmm. Yes, you may give me this money. Yes, you you may provide me with the perfect house. Yes, and That's awesome. and you know just being willing to be to be sourced in that way. Yeah. Yes, I love it. Well, and and part of that willingness is to speak your desire, your need, your you know your hope, your dream is is to really speak it. Absolutely, and and to remember that that when we receive, there are people who get to be on the opposite side mm -hmm. of that, who yes. get to experience the joy of giving. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes as women, we are terrible at receiving, you know, I'm sort of fond of saying we suck at receiving, mm -hmm. to put it to put it directly. And, <laughs> right. and, and uh, especially if we've been in those years of really feeling the need to take care of others, or if we've been trained and conditioned as, as young women, that that's our value. And, and, and so when that happens, very often, we actually don't feel comfortable receiving. And so people try to offer help and give to us. And we can just shrug that off or rebuff it or, you know, somehow even criticize it. Well, I could, they wouldn't do it as well as me, so I'm going to have to do it. And, um, you know, all of those things that we do instead of receiving. And then the giver doesn't have the gift of having had their gift received. And we, we all know what that's like when we've tried to give somebody something, whether it's a compliment or a little bit of help or support, and they just sort of bat it away. I mean, it doesn't yeah. feel very good. Right. And, and so there's a time and a place where it's important to recognize that it's okay to receive. And we don't have to be afraid of strings. We don't have to be suspicious. We don't have to be afraid. We're, we're, we're grown women now. And so if things were given to us with strange attachments as children, we don't, we don't have to subscribe to that anymore. We can receive as queenly women. Mm, I love it. Yes. And I love the fullness of um, this idea because it doesn't stop at just receiving. So it's not a self-centeredness. It's not a selfishness of like, I'm just going to declare what I want. Um, but the fullness, as you described it, is, is therefore we are full and we can give. And then we yes. give from the place of fullness. So it's that receiving and, oh boy, and that music means it's time for our break. So um, we'll come back to this juicy conversation about the queendom uh, with Dr. Rima Benario after this break. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez.
And we are back with Dr. Rima Benario, and we are talking about the queen archetype today. Such a juicy topic, and I'm just all over it today. Uh, Rima, we've got your book coming out here, March 3rd, The Seven Queendoms, A Soul Map for Embodying Sacred Feminine Sovereignty. And I know I'm going to get this ASAP, and you are going to want this book to be in your hands, on your bookshelves, on your nightstand, and probably in the hands of all of your girlfriends as well. So um, tell us where we can get this book and when. It's going to come out on Amazon on March the 3rd, and um, I have some actually extra special goodies for those who want to be part of what we're calling our launch team, and the, the royal launch team. And it's uh, really, there's a place for you to just sign up and put in your email address and I will send you the link on the day that it becomes available. So you won't have to go looking around for it and you'll have a reminder. And just for uh, joining the launch team, I will give you access to two of my most powerful programs that people have enjoyed. One is a, um, uh, it's called Financially Sovereign and it's a small uh video about the journey of how you can move through different qualities that help you really anchor financial sovereignty in your life. And the other is the spiritual care package, which is a seven week um, journey with seven powerful meditations, exploring some of the qualities that go along with the Queens. And for those who decide to purchase the book, I'll have some special gifts as well, where you'll be able to just you know, send me your receipt that shows you purchased the book and uh, we're going to have all kinds of things available for those that have decided to purchase the book on the day that it is on, on March the 3rd. We're seeking to have it go bestseller status, of course, and that's, awesome. that's the plan. And uh, so you can find a place to sign up to be part of that by going to the sevenqueendoms.net forward slash book launch. And I will place this, I haven't got to it yet, but I will place this on my homepage at remabonario.com as well. So people should be able to find the sign up there too. Awesome. And I'll post a link too on my Facebook page when we uh, are done with this episode. So you'll be able to go there. And so say that URL again, the sevenqueendoms.net. Mm -hmm. slash book launch book launch you got it yeah all right awesome and um and it starts with the word the right the seven queendoms the seven queendoms yeah i mean we we cannot overstate this (laughs) (laughs) and and you'll want to type out the word seven so awesome good good um yeah so we're gonna want to get this book and Let's talk a little bit. We've, you know, we've talked about in the first half the queen archetype and um, what's really at the core of that archetype in terms of sovereignty and um, and being in a, a place of where you're really receiving, so that we can give from that having the full storehouse of our soul, of our hearts, of our minds. Um, what are we going to find in the book? Is is the book going to, I mean, I love the description here, printed in full color. This book is more than its impressive transformational content. It's an alchemical experience filled with sumptuous art, moving poetry, helpful diagrams, and comprehensive summary charts. So, I mean, what are the charts going to do for me? What's going on here? (laughs) Well, you know, I'm nothing if not a practical gal. I mean, I love to talk about all types of esoteric subjects, and I love science as well. But what I love most about them is what they can do for us when we put them to use in our lives. And so so I've I've got inside this book, um, there's... 
information on brain research, there's information on understanding our psychological makeup, our um, developmental psychology, on understanding how our early childhood conditioning impacts our, our adult life. And, uh, you know, so there's all of that. And sprinkled in with that is me sharing about my personal journey, you know, some, some kind of pulling the the curtain back on my own life and my challenges with growing up and how those manifested in my life and what I was then able to do to move past that, ex- those experiences and the limitations, the limiting beliefs, the, the challenges in my nervous system that made it difficult for me to live into my best self. You know, I kept showing up in ways I didn't want to show up. And, um, and so, so that's sort of the, the first part of the book. And then there's the, the, some conversation around how we need to reclaim this idea of the sacred feminine, right? Because when we're not, when we're not as a society valuing the feminine qualities, we're actually leaving half of our potential out. And this is true for men and women. All people have some uh, amount of masculine and feminine energy in them, everybody. And we want to be able to have access to all of that, to know when we want to use the our masculine tools, when we want to use our feminine tools. And of course, these are not to be con- in any way confused with gender, the gender roles, that's all just sort of made up stuff. This is two archetypal energies that have to do with the way energy flows out and the way energy flows in. And just being able to be in that dynamic duo. And then there's my favorite part of the book, which is when I really dive into describing these seven queens. And it's given me a way to talk about these energies um, it, it, in, a, in a way that, that feels applicable to our lives. So they're the grounded queen, the passionate queen, the empowered queen, the loving queen, the expressive queen, the visionary queen, and the divine queen. These are the seven queens. And each of them actually have two shadow versions where when we're not careful or we're not in our most centered space, we we get a little skewed. And so instead of being grounded, for example, we might flip into the flighty queen and actually leave our bodies and go, you know, it's fun to go float around in the ethers, but there are consequences if we're not grounded and rooted in our body. And on the opposite end of that spectrum, we can become overly stuck and rigid. And so we become frozen. We can move into the frozen queen. So those are the two shadow expressions of the grounded queen. And then all the way through, there's this conversation around these different ways of embodying the queen archetype. And there are there are exercises, writing exercises, prompts, um, there's this beautiful artwork that Jenny Han did for me. She's so talented and amazing. And I oh, commissioned her, yeah, to create the faces of these gorgeous queens. And she just, I mean, just completely so far exceeded my expectations. And so, so there's the beauty of, you know, really communing with the artwork. Um, There's some poetry that I've been writing for years that found its way into the book. And, um, and, you know, just a way of being able to look at, at all these parts and pieces of what goes into each of these queens. You know, there's a, there's a um, coordinating chakra. So working with your energy body, there's color, there's 
scent, uh, essential oil, there are gifts and blessings, there are challenges. Um, there's all of these different things that go along with each queen. So I've summarized those things at the end, including affirmations and energy work that I teach in the book. So it's really a reference guide. It's a guidebook. And I, it's more than, than just a, it's, it's not a novel, right? It's not even a, a nice sort of, you know, something you read about a nice concept and put it on your shelf. I really designed it to be a, a resource book or a reference book that people could return to over and over. Uh, those are my favorite, you know, something that I feel like I can just keep as a manual, right? Like It's not just these ideas, but it's also, it's given me the work to do. Mm -hmm. And um, also, it sounds like, if I can be so frank, a little ass kicking in the, in the mix. <laughs> I mean, if you're including two shadow types for each type of queen, um, that's, um, I mean, there's just, you know, some real honest uh, honesty to, yeah. to all of this. Yeah. And, well, and I that's, love that. It's so great that you pulled that up because really at the root of it, we can't we can't shift our lives if we're not in relationship to what is. And yeah. sometimes we, we don't want to go there because there's layers of shame or guilt mm -hmm. or fear. Mm -hmm. And those, those three things, guilt, fear, and shame keep us so tamped down. And, and what I want to say to anybody who's listening, who's feeling sort of, you know, in that place to remember that, we are where we are in part because life experience groomed us in that way, that we had a life experience that that created conditions, certain life conditions. And just like a plant that bends itself towards whatever light it can find, we might have become distorted from the truth of our divine being, but because we had challenging life circumstances growing up. And our job is not to judge ourselves for that harshly and to somehow think we failed, but instead to say, okay, that happened. And it was terrible, perhaps. It was horrific, perhaps. Or perhaps it was just, you know, mildly traumatizing. It doesn't matter. Whatever it was, it was trauma. And mm -hmm. now the best gift we can give ourselves is to love ourselves back into wholeness. And we have to start by telling ourselves the truth of what occurred and where we are now so that we can gently begin to take steps inch by inch towards something new, something better, something more aligned with the truth of our being. I love it. More aligned with the truth of our being. Yeah. So um, even when we use words like better, it's it's not better to to meet some external measure of what better means, but to ex to to make our own life experience better in terms of alignment. Yes, it's all it's all about alignment. And and actually to me that's what makes this work so much fun is that we no longer have to feel jealous or less than or better than anyone else because we're all so unique and on mm -hmm. our own paths. Our role is really just to get into the greatest amount of alignment we can with our deepest, truest selves and in whatever way possible, support others in doing the same. And so, so your alignment is going to look completely different from mine and I can celebrate with you and support yeah. you without feeling 
um, in any way, like, wow, how come I can't have that? You know, it's, I turn my eyes inward and say, well, what is mine to do? What is my alignment? Where is my queen? What does she want to express and focus there? Yeah, we're not looking for like the the ruler of one particular queendom <laughs> to rule them all. You know, it's um, there's room for for all of us and every iteration of of um, soul soul embodied being, um, and to really create that room. And what I'm hearing you say that actually how things like jealousy or insecurity or comparison, um, how those things kind of dissipate is, is through that alignment process for ourselves. Because if we are busy doing that work and we are actually coming to a place where we are in alignment with our own expression, then we aren't looking outward at anyone else in that vibe of comparing or being jealous or coveting or envying what someone else is doing. We, we are in that mode then of celebration because, ah, you're doing it too. Whatever it is for you, you know, that process of alignment and, and being who you are, then, then we can be in that celebration of each other. Yes. And, and I mean, just think about the energy of a queen, you know, when she's sitting and she's, she is the, She's the one. I mean, there's nothing to be jealous of. You know, everything right. is available. And so it's it's really coming to have the practice of nourishing yourself so fully that there's there's not this sense of lack happening in life. And and we can do that at any moment, at any time, whether that's making sure we get enough sleep, whether that's making sure we get enough sunshine, whether that's making sure we're nourishing ourselves with healthy foods. You know, there are ways to do that. It doesn't have to look like the McMansion, you know, and, um, some people, what's their queendom looks like is, you know, backpacking around the world and going from hostel to hostel, you know, or gardening, right. Having a plot of land and, uh, living out in the country. So whatever it might be for you, that's really the call is to get to know yourself so deeply that you can define for your yourself, what that looks like. And part of that work means we do have to go in and look at what we've been living with and how we've been expressing that's coming from that shadowy place that's not in alignment so that we can say, okay, that, not that, you know, no, not that. Sometimes it's hard to know what it is until we can first say, well, I know it's not that, right? Sometimes that's that's the first step is to to just figure out where the, where the no is. And, and then that helps to reveal where the yes is. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, and it's that, you know, it's not that the way in the world that royalty, you know, is portrayed is, you know, the queen, the royalty, they are the haves and everyone else, the peasants are the have nots. And then, you know, there's a hierarchy in between um, of of how much power or wealth is is given and distributed to different people in different ways. And so, you know, this um, really it wrecks all of that and and brings it into just just within your own soul. You know, you're, you're calling it a soul map. Um, and how are we aligning ourselves with 
with um, opportunity to be, to express all that we are called to be, all that we can imagine um, in being and in what our own particular flavor of being looks like in terms of um, just living. And so there's this, um, it's a leveling of the playing field, so to speak. Yeah, you know, and that that can happen. Like I I feel that what's going on right now is that there's this bigger shift happening at a, if I can if I can sort of pull the lens up even higher mm-hmm. that we're we're as women are reclaiming our sovereignty over our bodies, our sovereignty over our time, um, our sovereignty over our life focus, we're sharing that with our children and we're beginning to raise children that aren't expected to give up their sovereignty as they they're you know there's no yes we don't want to break our children you know mm-hmm. and 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 as we live in a world that's becoming more and more populated by people who understand their own personal power and are not in the habit of giving that power away mm-hmm. what you what can be created then is something where two empowered people can come together or a group of empowered people can come together. And there's not this sense of sizing each other up and this competition of, okay, who's going to win here and who's going to lose. Instead, it's about how can we be generative? How can we create solutions for our personal life and our collective communal life that is about making sure everyone gets to feel and live from their sense of sovereignty and their personal power. And everyone gets to contribute in a way that makes sense for them. And as a result, everyone gets to be sourced fully because we're, we're stepping into that. And, and actually what it, what it asks of us is this piece about being responsible that, Mm, that we have to be personally radically responsible for our own life experience. And sometimes that can be a little hard to get the traction to go, to get in that direction. And really that's what this body of work is about, helping us move into that state of radical responsibility. So we show up in the world as empowered, high-functioning, happy, um, spiritually aligned women that can live from our souls and help the world live in a more soulful way. Yeah, I love it. And you know what you're making me think of now. So I'm already um, asking for your part two of this book. (laughs) So if no one else has asked you yet, I'm officially making the ask because so what I, I, and maybe part one covers this, but I think it's going to warrant its own book is uh, relationships Um, because that's, you know, of course, that, that's always the, the second level, right? We can do the inner work, but then then when we start to show up in relationships um, is off, so often where everything starts to crumble. And so, you know, even like the idea of being fully resourced, fully, you know, being able to receive is not the same as saying that therefore everyone else becomes our source. And, no, um, no, and, no, it, no. and it's yeah. other people's responsibility to, so I love that you said like, it's actually stepping into self-responsibility because it's not, it's not, we're not now saying, well, it's your job to provide, you know, my happiness or to provide, you know, this for me or that for me, that it, it becomes, 
uh, about this self-empowerment and this self-healing and this, you know, stepping into that personal responsibility so that what we are receiving from each other, I think what you're saying, you know, is, is out of that sense of, of wholeness and, and fullness. Absolutely. Right. So you nailed it. It's, it's, we want to be giving from overflow. So there's, you know, there's this understanding. Sometimes we get caught up in the physical material things without realizing that underneath that, before that, there's the level of energy. And it's our job to fill our own energy reserves and make sure that we are filled with our authentic self. And as that happens, I mean, I think so many of the power struggles we, we deal with in relationship, and I do touch on this quite a bit in the book, but, you know, maybe we can do another show specifically about the queen and relationship. But um, yeah. the, the, what happens is, is we're, as we're filling ourselves up and we're taking radical responsibility for our own energy body, how we use our energy, how we use it in relationship with others, and, and really deal with coming to the relationship in a wholeness, a place of wholeness, some of those power struggles start to dissipate because we're not, we're not looking to get it, to get things from other people that really and truly we are the only one who can give it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's part of growing up. Part of becoming the sovereign is realizing, okay, it's on me. It's not on all these other people in my life. Then from there, you can talk about behavior changes that you might like to see. You can make what we call behavior change requests. And and it's a request because not a demand. A demand right. doesn't respect another person's sovereignty. And if you make a request and it's really important to you and the person in your life is unwilling to provide that for you, well that's information. That's mm -hmm. information that then shows you where you might need to set a boundary or where you might need to make a change. And as we become more sovereign, sometimes we look around and we see, oh, I've been in these dysfunctional relationships. I've not, I've not set good boundaries with myself and other people. I've allowed these um, behaviors to happen that are not serving me and the people around me. And sometimes we have to make changes in our lives and, and that can be part of the challenge, but it's also the gift and the beauty of stepping into the queen. Ah, yes. And that's, that's the good work, right? When we can really live outwardly from, from that place of wholeness and from that place of inner sovereignty, um, then we get to really craft and sculpt our lives to be, uh, more richly fulfilling. Mm, yes, that's the, that is the goal. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. So good. Well, we've got just a few minutes left. This has been a tremendous conversation. So yes, please come back. Let's talk about the relationships. You know, I, it's just, you know, in every stage of our lives, right? Our relation relationships change significantly um, because of where we are in our lives, right? People who are young and, um, you know, finishing up education or starting careers, they're going to have a different energy that they're bringing to their personal relationships. And, um, and then when you're in that, um, phase of being, you know, the, the mothering phase, whether that's nurturing ideas or children, um, where you're really constantly, you know, giving, 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 you're going to bring a different energy to your relationships and, and so on and so forth. So I'm just really like thinking of in that context. So we've got to come back and, um, and give it all about relationships if you're willing, which it sounds like you are. <laughs> I would love to do that. I mean, really for me, 
um, this, this work grew up out of seeing myself not showing up in my relationships in the way that I wanted to, you know, when I arrived at unity and I, and I coming from a, a Catholic background and discovered that, Oh my gosh, you mean God resides within me? Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm divine. And I began to take on that message and then watched myself repeatedly not showing up in divine ways with my beautiful daughter and my beloved husband. I was like, okay, something has to change here. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so it is, it's a, it's a, it's a growing process. And, some of the work is to undo, you know, what's what we were handed. And some of it is to then after that bring in what is it that we actually want and to do that consciously and, and to have beautiful, nourishing, nurturing relationships, and to start first with the relationship we have with ourselves. Because mm -hmm. whatever we have you can't give what you don't have. So we have to begin by developing that strong and loving relationship with ourselves. And that's what we then have to give away when we're, we're wanting to be in relationship with others. I love it. And, you know, that that brings me right back to what you talked about in terms of self-responsibility and, you know, and, and how you are talking about it it's almost like that sense of worthiness, it gets scooped right up into it. It's part of it. You know, this kind of self-responsibility and, and um, sovereignty and is, um, it brings worthiness with it. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you know, there's, it, it, as soon as you sort of put your mind's eye to reach out for the queen archetype, immediately there's this sense of, of course, of course she knows yeah. her worthiness, right? Like yeah. uh, my posture literally changes when I send my mind out to just connect in and my heart out to connect in with that archetype. I also can do it inwardly now. And what happens is I feel a little taller. I sit a little straighter. I feel a little more erect. I'm in my core. I'm mm -hmm. in my sense of my own worth and value and power. And from that, I don't show up needing to be filled by everybody and, you know, or pumped up by people. And so therefore what, you know, whether or not they put the dishes in the dishwasher doesn't become a big drama or a referendum around whether I'm loved or appreciated. It's just somebody didn't put the dish in the dishwasher. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. That's the music telling us we are done for the day. And so thank you so much, Rima, for bringing this, um, this concept to us, the seven kingdoms. Go to her website, rimabenario.com, sign up, get your book, get your freebies for the seven kingdoms, a soul map for embodying sacred feminine sovereignty. Until next time, tune in. And Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.